from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. This story is quite concerning for anybody who is uh, headed out for a fun night out in Newcastle or if you just, you know, want to have a beer somewhere. And uh, this could be triggering for anybody. So if it is, please make sure you reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. That number again, 13 11 14. In the early hours of Saturday morning, a young lady allegedly had her drink spiked at uh, Finnegan's Hotel what went on after that is what has caused most concern for most people. Finnegan's have confirmed that uh, the incident occurred. They put a message up on their Facebook group to say that uh, we confirm that we are currently investigating an incident that occurred on Saturday morning. Finnegan's Hotel takes its responsibility to provide a safe environment for patrons and staff seriously and proactively works with authorities to create a safer Newcastle. It appears that the actions of a security contractor were not in line with Finnegan's Hotel's values and expectations and they have been stood down whilst the investigation takes place. Now to give you a little bit of context around all of this, I'm joined this morning by the President of What Were You Wearing? It is uh, Sarah Williams. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now obviously... uh, Drink spiking, we know that it's a serious issue. We know that it's happening in and around Newcastle and the Hunter, despite many claims that it's not happening. Give me the background of what happened uh, after your What Were You Wearing ball, the inaugural ball. You obviously would have been happy. You would have been celebrating. Uh, you and some of the uh, your fellow board members uh, went down to Finnegan's to have a bit of a drink. Tell me what happened next. Yeah, we had quite a, a really good start to the night um, and... Yeah, we, we went to the nightclub um, and we were on level two. Everything was really good. And then I had one of our team members come up to me and say that she was really concerned about one of our other members because there was a lot of people around her and trying to drag her away. And then by 2 p.m., um, two a.m., the club closed and there was about five um, people dragging her out of the club. And by that time, we tried to rush down the stairs, but as you can imagine, there was hundreds and hundreds of people mm-hmm. down these stairs. Um, we luckily got to her and pretty much got her away from these people. So within about two minutes of getting her away from these people, she lost all. She was in and out of consciousness. She couldn't speak. We would be keep saying her name and she couldn't answer. She couldn't walk. Um, and immediately our team thought, this is spike. This is, has to be going mm-hmm. to a spike. Um, we were able to eventually to get from her that she'd actually only had a few drinks that night and she only actually had one drink and was given that drink from um, mm-hmm. someone in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that information, we were like, there is a high chance that she was spiked. Mm. With that, I already knew that from many, because we received many, many stories um, about people who have gone up to this nightclub later on and they said, because you didn't come up to us on the night, we can't do anything. So I immediately thought, I'm not sure if she's going to want justice, but I'm going to go and talk to them. I went and talked to them. And I was immediately faced with, they can't do anything, they wouldn't take a report. 
And, you know, me working with these things, I knew that there was there was no way they couldn't take a report, mm. take our details, um, you know, have a look at security footage. And they got the head of the security to come chat with us. And I had to quiet, I had to be quiet, um, you know, use quite a lot to try and convince the person to start to write a report. Mm. Um, we were told that he wouldn't be able to start a report until our friend who was white came up and they looked at her. So we had to pretty much carry her more than 100 metres back to the club. Um, she was in and out of consciousness. And we eventually got there and the security guard said that she wasn't, by like looking at her and particularly her eyes, she wasn't white. And our biggest thing was that if it wasn't our team there dealing with this, if security guard with a lot of training, or the senior security guard in particular, says to you that you're not spiked, you're going to just be like, all right, they mm. obviously know their stuff. I'm, I'm not, like, they must not be, and they're not going to worry about it. And that can be life-threatening, mm. as well as people have then, then perpetrators are getting away with it. So I immediately was like, this is not okay. If someone is suspected to be spiked, we need to take this seriously. And a report needs to be made no matter what until we know if they're spiked or not. Um, and that's when the aggression started with the security guard. Um, yeah, to the point of a lot of, yeah, violent actions and quite a lot of intimidation which happened, yeah. And that's not good enough. If if you you go, the security guards are supposed to be your place of safety. If something happens, that's where you're supposed to go. And if that is that's not being provided for you, then that's a big concern. Oh, a thousand percent. I I've never actually really had a bad experience with security guards. We at Wally Rang received quite a few. We received thousands of stories, but um. I didn't expect that at all. I thought they would have my back and mm. would be more than willing to take a, take a report and would be on our side. But it really seemed like they weren't on our side. They were more on the perpetrator's side because they weren't wanting to help. And it was, it was really scary because if we weren't, as, as an organisation that fights, is able to get through to them or get mm. justice, how the hell is anyone else going to be able to get the justice they deserve? Absolutely. Now, uh, an ambulance was called, and uh, and she had been spiked, hadn't she? Um, yes. So the ambulance was called. We we I went to hospital with her, um, and they said that even by just looking at her eyes and the way she was, there was no way that she wasn't spiked. Um, so it was it was really upsetting that like. They were able to look at her and, you know, with their medical professions, like, mm. see that, yeah, there's, there was a chance, that there was a high chance she was spiked. Um, but then someone else who should be trained in this mm. stuff, but unfortunately isn't, um, was able to just immediately say, oh, no, she wasn't. There are just so many red signs. You know, there are so many warnings going off. There, this, this is just very, very scary. First and foremost, how is she? That is the most important question at the moment. How is she? She's all, she's all good. We, I stayed with her in the hospital for we were, we were there for quite a few hours, but she woke up. She was all good. Um, I think we've had quite a lot of support mm. from the 
there has obviously been your typical victim blaming, which is what we fight in the organisation every day. But I think the support and the backing from our community just goes to show that we're so lucky to be in Newcastle because Newcastle's community is just, you know, they have people's back. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely what's keeping us both going mm-hmm. at the moment and really giving us the strength to want to take this further and help protect more for more victims of spiking. Now, obviously, uh, a report has been made to the police. Um, how were the yeah. police when uh, when you made that report yesterday? Um, so the police actually were called. Um, I called them on the night and they mm. showed up. Our report was... A, they took a report and gave me a event number. I actually have not heard from the police since. Um, none of us have been contacted by the police at all, which, to be honest, is quite disappointing, mm. but... I can't say I'm not surprised. I really do hope that they follow this up and do take this serious. However, it is the second time um, that something like this has happened to this particular victim and the police were unable to help. And, yeah, within, a, within like, a day of looking into it, pretty much just weren't able to do anything. So I think it goes down to we need to be doing a lot more in the community, particularly our police, to ensure that we're protecting our patrons in our nightclubs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is the biggest uh, the biggest concern. I mean, my, my main one is uh, I will never take a drink from somebody else. I make sure that I order my own drink. But, but you know, it's... <laughs> It's a tough one, isn't it? What what really concerns me about this one, um, Sarah, in particular, is that it appears as though it was a group attack and uh, and they were trying to get her out of the building. That in itself is just horrifying. And the fact that uh, that the security even questioned number one that this this was a, a an incident that they didn't uh, they didn't see it they didn't realise it that's a big concern. They're not obviously watching what's going on. No, and like. Um the friend that came to me that was concerned about what was happening was saying that they actually were trying to get her to chug her drink and get it, her to finish her drink immediately. Mm. So it goes to show that, you know, even even if she didn't accept the drink, they were there was five people around her. She was a victim, you know. She was being forced to drink this drink. Um, so it goes to show that even if you're you're really strong in your ways and you're like, oh, I'll never take a drink. There are chances where things, and it's scary and it's, that's why we need to do stuff because there's chances like this that, where things like this can happen where there's people around you and they are forcing you to do something. Yeah, absolutely. You need to stand up and do something. So what is the latest? Where are you at with uh, with Finnegan's Hotel at the moment? Um, so they have a, they, I sent them a formal complaint on emails. Um, as well as the particular security company. Um, Finnegan's replied and said that they're looking into it and want to meet this week with myself um, just to see, like, um, what actually happened and, like, what potentially they could do to, like, fix this. Mm. Um, The issue is, then at the bottom of the email, they said, this is what we're going to be posting on Facebook. Um, they didn't leave any time for me to reply or even suggest, like, like was that a good statement they're going to make? Mm. Within 10 minutes, they posted that without any checking with us. And a lot of the, every comment on this post that they post 
is people saying, you know, we've already received over probably 500 stories from people who've been swiped from this hotel um, over the past few days as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as just, just things like it's a, honestly, like a reputation thing to try and, you know, cover, cover themselves. I really, really do hope that change is made, particularly in this hotel. Um, but I do think it's <coughs> sorry that it's going to take a more of a national or even state level thing to make it mandatory. It is just incredible, and uh, and the only uh, you can tell at the t- by the time that they they issued this statement, what time they put it up, that uh, the backlash was coming, and uh, they had to do something. Um, and the comments and support that uh, that you've got, Sarah, in bringing this to everybody's attention. Congratulations! I know it's not uh, it's not what you wanted to have done after your, your inaugural ball, but uh, once yeah. again, it is exactly what what you're wearing is all about. You are there to advocate. You are there to support, and uh, and even when it's one of your own, it's uh, it can happen to anybody. A thousand percent, yeah. I think we all need to come together as a community and um, you know just say enough is enough, and we really need to make change. Yeah, we absolutely do. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Will you keep us up to date on, on what happens and what the fallout of this is? Because I'd really like to follow it for you. Yeah, a thousand percent. I'll let you know. Thanks, Sarah. You stay safe and we'll chat soon. Will do. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Sarah Williams, who is the uh, the head of What Were You Wearing? And uh, if you would like to have a look at the Finnegan Statement, it is up on their Facebook page. And uh, the community support that has been around this is just phenomenal. So congratulations to everybody for calling this out because it is, uh, it's just not acceptable. It's really not. I don't want to have my daughter when she's old enough to be able to go out to uh, to a nightclub and uh, number one the fact that she could get spiked but number two the fact that there's no one there to help her in fact the security is is the opposite of what she requires so we really do need a groundswell to uh, to get this moving and to make some changes you with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.